You're listening to the Revenge of the Birds podcast, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network, hosted by Blake Murphy 7 and Johnny Touchdown. All about your Arizona Cardinals. Hello and welcome into the Revenge of the Birds podcast. We have finally reached NFL Draft Week, the first real sports event that's happened at least in quite a bit of time for this country. Uh, my name is Blake Murphy on Twitter at BlakeMurphy7. I'm the co-host of the Revenge of the Birds podcast. We'll be going through our first round mock draft of the 2020 NFL uh, season. We do this about once a year, back and forth rotating picks. And here to help go and take the other side, the other half of the teams this year, uh, we've got the, I, I guess you can you could call him the odd one in this sense at least, since he'll have the odds tonight. <laughs> the venerable John Venerable is going to be uh, on the opposite side, my co-host. John, how are you doing tonight uh, amidst the coronavirus crisis? Yeah, I'm doing all right. We've finally made it. We've reached draft season, or draft draft week, I should say. We've, we're culminating draft season, certainly mock draft season. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's felt like the longest possible grind to draft week. In certainly recent memory, last year it was pretty much decided Murray would be the pick, you know, by the national media outlets. So the the anticipation wasn't as high as, as say, this one. Uh, and I feel like, you know, in the grand scheme of things, this is one of the most unpredictable first rounds, not only for the Cardinals, but every team with the, you know, the presence of Zoom and virtual meetings and Trade scenarios, what's that going to look like? Is that even possible in this day and age, or excuse me, in this f- form of communication? It's just, I think it's going to be crazy. And you're hearing, you know, from, from media outlets and, you know, insiders that this could be one of the most unpredictable first rounds in recent memory. You add in the fact that, you know, really no pro days were, were happening or allowed to happen. Certainly no physical visits after, what was that, March 10th at your facility. So really everybody's relying on the tape which is kind of ironic that's how it should be right we got the combine in we've got your game film from you know the better part of three seasons let's go let's get it going so i am i'm super excited we're ready to mock it let's do it blake yeah the unpredictability will be fun there's a lot less either team sources or things floating around and there's a lot of trades expected so uh, let's get into it here's how it's going to work we'll go back and forth john will start with his first pick I'll go and have the next guy who will be there on the board. We'll kind of pause for a quick second after we make that pick. You'll hear kind of a cool little fill-in that I've been working on this week that will uh, break down the prospect, essentially. So even if you don't know what's happening with the NFL draft, you don't know who some of these names are, don't worry. We'll make sure we get that covered for you here today. Uh, we're getting through picks uh, 1 through 16 on today's episode, and we'll have the rest of the first round should be out by the time you're listening to this tomorrow. John, let's get going. You are now officially on the clock with the Cincinnati Bengals and the first overall pick. Are you going to go outside of the curve? Or are you going to kind of stick to the norm that people think? No, here? no, no. We're going to keep this simple. We know everybody wants to get to the meat of the top ten. That's certainly not the Cincinnati Bengals. At this point, there's no other way to go. Joe Burrow, quarterback, LSU. This has been the pick really for the better part of the offseason. I do think Tua would be in the discussion should he have been healthy. Um, but Burrow right now best statistical college season maybe ever undefeated national champion won all of the quarterback awards the Heisman winner 60 plus touchdowns will go into a Cincinnati team in in a full-blown rebuild Um, and you know best of luck to him but that is the cards already filled out they're gonna 
submit it, I would imagine, um, you know, days before, uh, and they'll play it up for hype. But there's no other way to go other than Joe Burrow with Cincinnati. Joe Burrow, quarterback, LSU. The 6'3", 221-pound redshirt senior quarterback lit the nation on fire, throwing for 5,600 yards plus 60 touchdowns to only six interceptions on his way to a national championship. With NFL size and stunning accuracy, Burrow can carve up defenses from the pocket or extend plays with his legs. A fiery competitor, he didn't have a single average game on tape in 2019. He's been not for his arm strength and being a one-year wonder, but he has all the makings of becoming a franchise quarterback. NFL comp, Tony Romo. Yeah, I think that's the right pick to be able to make. Uh, Let's move on here. I've got pick number two, uh, the Washington Redskins, and this is a pick that also is not going to be very shocking. The... Last few years, we've seen pass rushers such as Miles Garrett and Nick Bosa end up going within the first three picks or the first number one overall pick. This is the guy who would be going, I think, number one overall in any other year, despite the fact that there is some kind of wondering if Tua Tagovailoa could be here potentially. I think this is an easy spot. This is going to be Chase Young, edge rusher to the Washington Redskins with the second overall pick. Chase Young, defensive end, Ohio State. A voracious pass rusher out of OSU in the mold of Nick and Joey Bosa, the 6'4", 264-pound edge rusher might be better than both of them. Racking up 30 sacks in his college football career, despite not starting till his sophomore season, he's an absolute physical and technical freak. He's efficient with club and rip moves, long arm pass rusher, a bull rusher, and swim moves to shed offensive linemen to get to the QB. While some of his run defensive recognition needs some work, he's as good as a prospect as they come. NFL comp, DeMarcus Ware. The right choice, Blake, but I, I do think that, again, if Tua was healthy, I think he'd be in the discussion mm. as well. Haskins showed next to nothing, had a very Rosen-esque rookie season, but the lack of pro days, uh, the lack of in-person physical workouts, I think just really hurts Tua in the sense that I think he would have been in the discussion, but you can't go wrong with Chase Young. Phenomenal prospect. I don't like him as much as I liked Nick Bosa a year ago, but still very much worthy of uh, the second overall pick. Many people's first player, uh, if we're if we're ranking it just cut and dry, who's the best player in the draft, most people would go with Chase Young. I have the Maya, uh, excuse me, the Detroit Lions. I just gave away the spoiler here. I've got the Miami Dolphins at pick three trading up from pick five. We've done the trade uh, compensation already. The Miami Dolphins are going to give Detroit not a first, but they get two additional day two picks, that being the 56th overall selection that originally came from the New Orleans Saints and their third round pick, which is pick 70. So the Detroit Lions will get 56 and 70 overall to move back two spots to pick five. The Miami Dolphins get the aforementioned Tua Tagliaviola, if I said his name right, just call him Tua, quarterback, Alabama. Let's hope, knock on wood, the medicals check out. He looks fantastic. They've got Ryan Fitzpatrick in the fold. We'll see what happens with Josh Rosen. They don't have to rush Tua onto the field. They're in full-blown rebuild, and they get to keep the other two first-round picks that they have this year, hopefully to get him some protection. But Tua seems like from the beginning of this full-blown rebuild, 
tank for Tua that we saw during the season, Blake. Um, it's just a match made in heaven. I, I'm not buying the Herbert to Miami stuff. I think the Dolphins want Tua, and they get him at pick three. Tua Tungavailoa, quarterback, Alabama. After the smaller 6'1", 217-pound quarterback led the Crimson Tide to a national title with efficient play in the second half of the 2017 National Championship game, throwing the game-winning touchdown, Tagovailoa has been one of the best quarterbacks in college football, as well as one of the most injured. The Southpaw's accuracy at all levels is great, and he is athletic enough to extend plays but often in doing so puts himself into harm's way and is more of a traditional pocket passer than it would seem at first glance. His medicals will be a big question mark for any team that drafts him, and while he's been called the left-handed Russell Wilson, his play style doesn't really match that. He was also playing with multiple first-rounders on that Alabama offense and only played in 24 games in his three-year career. NFL comp, Carson Wentz. So we have our first trade alert. There we go. Awesome. I think this is the right pick to be able to make because I do not believe in Justin Herbert. He's a tier quite a bit lower to me than to a Tunga Vailoa. So I would definitely think that if the Miami Dolphins are going to take a quarterback, you don't want to risk anything. I think that it's better to take him here. I, I could easily see it being a fight for Justin Herbert, assuming that teams have a little more info roll him off their boards. I would not be shocked at all, though, if this has been the guy since the beginning. They throw out all the Herbert news, and it ends up being Tua instead. And they're able to jump ahead of a team that's looking to trade downs like, next pick on the clock, the New York Giants. And there's a couple ways to go here. You could look at a Derek Brown as an interior defensive lineman. Dave Gettleman loves his defensive lineman. He drafted one in the first round last year at nose tackle. Could look at a athletic player like Isaiah Simmons, who could be a linebacker in the middle of the field. I know previously when he was in with the Panthers, he drafted a lot of linebackers. He also traded a first-round pick for Alec Ogletree from the Rams. But here, I think that there's one spot to go, and it's protecting Daniel Jones. I've got them here at pick number four going with Tristan Wirfs right out of the University of Iowa. Tristan Wirfs, offensive tackle, Iowa. If you're a 6'4", 320-pound man who can run a 4.85 with a 36-inch vertical jump and a 10-foot broad, you're probably Tristan Wirfs. As a mauling blocker in the run game who started at multiple positions for the Hawkeyes over three years, Wirfs is a bully on the field. He didn't miss a game in college due to injury. While his pass sets need some work, he can reset with the best of them and projects as either a long-term offensive tackle in the league or an all-pro guard like fellow Hawkeye Brandon Scherf. NFL comp, Trent Williams. Oh, that hit that hits home, Blake, because he is my darling of this draft, somebody I, I would have hoped made it to pick eight for the Arizona Cardinals that is not to be at least in our mock draft. So I will bow out of the Wurfs sweepstakes, move on to the fifth overall pick, that being the now dealt Detroit Lions, moving from three to five. And again, I think the national media has been on a CUDA to the Lions throughout the duration of the offseason. But for whatever reason, that just, to me, as we approach draft week, I, I, I'm getting the sense that that could just be media-driven. And I'm going to pivot. I'm going to stay on defense, but I'm going to go linebacker Isaiah Simmons, University of Clemson, to the Detroit Lions 
at pick five. Matt Patricia gets his field general, his high tower of New England, now Simmons of Detroit, somebody who can move sideline to sideline, rush the passer, drop back to pass. And listen, they just went through a lengthy trade you know, discussion offseason dealing Darius Slay to the Philadelphia Eagles for a third round pick. I'm not sure they want another high profile corner at this point. They they signed Marcus Trufant. They feel good about maybe adding some secondary help later. They want a bona fide superstar in the middle of that defense. Gerard Davis has not been what they hoped for in the first round a couple of years ago. They go with Simmons and I think they'll be happy that they did, Blake. Isaiah Simmons, linebacker, Clemson. Simmons was a safety recruit out of high school and wanted to go to Arkansas, but they weren't sure how to play him, so they didn't offer. He ended up going instead to Clemson, and D.C. Brett Venerables made an awesome choice in putting Isaiah Simmons pretty much anywhere. Linebacker, slot corner, safety, you name it, he played it, even rushing off the edge. Now, if you want to know more about Simmons, they might as well name the combat after him because he's a freak. At 6'5", 240, running a 4'3", 940-yard dash, complete with an 11-inch, 11-foot broad jump and a 39-inch vertical jump, he's one of the freakiest guys in the NFL draft. While some may question where to play him, the answer isn't where to play him, just to get him on the field. NFL comp, Derwin James. Yeah, wow, there's a shocker there for you. The uh, Detroit Lions go and take Simmons. I, I, I actually kind of like the Jamie Collins comparison a little more. Collins did actually go to the Lions yeah. this offseason. Having two of those guys, allowing Collins as the veteran who's a bit older to kind of play more of that middle role and then having a playmaker, that may be a decent fit for the team. It's really interesting because you're right, there hasn't been a whole lot of it's going to almost assume there hasn't been a whole lot of fire to go along with the smoke of having Simmons, uh, having a coup to go there. And it probably wouldn't shock me if they did decide to go with a Simmons or a Brown um, type player. Uh, although I will say the need for a corner after, uh, excuse me, Darius Slay left. Uh, we'll have to see if that ends up playing out. But so far we have him falling. The next pick on the clock of the, uh, Chargers in L.A., they need to kind of spice things up. They have Tyrod Taylor, who's good for a year, could use another quarterback. And so that's why I'm going with Justin Herbert, quarterback out of Oregon. He's a guy I think that fits well enough here with their team. He can sit if he needs to. Uh, The way that I look at him, at least, is at worst, he's kind of like a Jake Locker type at best. You're probably looking at, like, and this is going to be kind of an interesting comparison, but it's kind of like a more accurate Josh Allen would be kind of the comp you would look at. I don't think he's quite on the Carson Wentz level, but I think that he's good enough where he could end up being a starter for quite a while. But there's a lot to worry about that has me wonder if he could be the next Trubisky. So a lot of names that are tossed around in there. He's one of the guys who I think the Chargers, from what we heard, was that they probably could have taken him last year if he had declared wherever they were picking Uh, I think the Chargers in this aspect could potentially also take a player here like a Simmons. They could take a player like Brown. They could even take an offensive lineman here, and we could end up seeing them trade up for a quarterback at the end of the first. But in here, they don't do that. They take Herbert. Justin Herbert, quarterback, Oregon. A four-year starter, measuring in at 6'6", 236 pounds, and athletic with a rocket arm. Did this guy get created in Madden? He has a lot of wow throws that are NFL level, but is inconsistent with his pass reads and decisions. He's got enormous potential at the next level. 
but will he live up to it? After four years, it's unknown. He's a guy who projects as a starter at the next level in the NFL. The inconsistency has me looking at his NFL comp of Jake Locker. Yeah, I, I just think that that pick makes too much sense. It's a conservative pick by a conservative front office. Listen, Tom Telesco, San Diego, or excuse me, uh, L.A. Chargers GM, who's been, I think, in the fold since 2013, he's never, ever made a first-round trade, ever. They've stuck where they've been at every time. And so if they're going to take a quarterback, you would assume it's going to be a pick six. Although, could they get antsy and jump Miami? We'll have to wait and see. But in our scenario, Herbert goes six. I've got the seventh overall pick. That is the Carolina Panthers. And will they go defense? Will they go offense? I'm going to go offense, adding a right tackle in the form of Jedrick Wills to go alongside Russell Okun, the newly acquired Russell Okun, at left tackle to protect Further protect Teddy Bridgewater, adding some additional help on the edge for freeing up running lanes for Christian McCaffrey. I just think Matt Rule is going to go all offense, right? I think he's going to go heavy into this group of protection and ball control, stretching the ball down the field. Dredrick Wills is the best pass protector in this class. Teddy Bridgewater was phenomenal last year with that elite Saints offensive line. To me, Okuda, he could be a pick, he could be a pick here, but I just think the the opportunity to have a franchise tackle and if a, if Russell Kuhn doesn't work out you could also always see Jedrick Will sliding over to the left-hand side but i think they want a blue uh, blue chip offensive lineman they go Jedrick Wills which puts the Cardinals Blake in a little bit of a tough spot with you would presume the top two tackles off the board come pick 8 Jedrick Wills Jr. offensive tackle Alabama Growing up as a basketball first athlete, the 6'4", 312-pound junior manned the offensive line of the Crimson Tide for three straight years, being essentially the blindside protector for the left-handed quarterback to attack of Iloa. Wills is a great run blocker, but an even better pass protector. He's got natural athleticism to cover after false steps and is able to pick up moves with the best of them. He may be viewed as a football savant with the concern that some have scouted that he may have a learning disorder as he failed his five cone five times at the NFL draft. Still, he spits as a complete student of the game and has potential to even slide over to the left tackle. He projects as a long-term starter with upside at the Pro Bowl level. NFL comparison, Lane Johnson. Exactly. But I will say this, that there is one player who we haven't mentioned yet who's fallen. As soon as he didn't go at pick three and looking at the other needs, he's still there. Now, when we send this, John, I took a look at potential trade values and trade offers because, as we know, we've got cornerback Jeffrey Okuda who's sitting right there. We've heard a lot that he may be sliding down the board. Some teams may have C.J. Henderson, the other cornerback, higher on their boards. Uh, might just be something as dumb and simple as, hey, Okuda ran like a 4-5-5. Henderson ran a 4-3-9. Some people may care a little bit more about that. I personally would have Okuda as probably my second best player for the Cardinals in this class. And if he's not second, then he's at least top three. The trade offers to move up that we got, there was a couple of teams who looked. We saw a team, I believe, with... Um, I did a couple of offers. The... Uh, it was, I believe it was two-thirds were offered from the Raiders to move up for Okuda. They good, have a big need call. for a corner. I have him ranked higher than that. The other team that was interesting was the, uh, I believe it was at pick number, 
14, the Buccaneers were willing to throw up an offer their second to jump up mm, for that one, tempting. as well as the Falcons were willing. Very, Very tempting, tempting for that one, but looking at the difference between the Jeffrey Okuda and the rest of the guys over on the board, I didn't feel like it was worth it. If Okuda does fall here, I think the Cardinals would sprint to the podium. Not only are you getting a guy who can probably make an impact this season for you in coverage, and you were the 31st-ranked coverage unit in the NFL last year, you add him instantly in, along with a second-year Byron Murphy. You got Patrick Peterson. You're getting back uh, Robert Alford. You may have a elite defensive back unit, potentially, by adding him. And that means that you can have guys covered. It'll be easier to get pass rushers up. And in a year from now, instead of paying Patrick Peterson some $50 million over the next three seasons or so to make sure that he's paid with the rest of the other corners, you could franchise him, trade him. Maybe you could even look at and say, hey, if there's a team that's willing to give us a high second-round pick for him right now, do, do we move on? I don't think you want to. He's right now in the last year of his yep. deal. He's making $12 million, which is, uh, for his caliber, if he gets back to the level of play that he's been, it's underpaid. I think that this would be a fantastic move. And to me, this is if, there's very few moves that you feel like are like, oh, championship or playoff-worthy moves. But this, to me, may be one of them. Now, I've personally said I love Jedrick Wills and I love C.D. Lamb, but I don't love them more than Jeff Okuda, John. Jeffrey Okuda, cornerback, Ohio State. It's difficult to find many guys who can play the cornerback position with the required athleticism, mental, and physical makeup to be able to shut down a team's number one corner every week. But that's who Jeff Okuda was. Running a 4-4-8 40-yard dash with an explosive 11-foot broad jump and coming at 6-1 with lengthy arms, the only reason why he didn't have more interceptions at college was because teams just didn't throw at him. Okuda is, can stick to his guys like glue and can project as a number one cornerback at the next level, able to be left alone in isolation without safety help over the top. Oh, and I forgot to mention, he's great at tackling too. This guy's got it all, and he's probably the number two overall prospect for many behind Chase Young in this class on the defensive side of the ball. NFL comparison, Joe Hayden. Man, I'm so proud of you, Blake, not to be tempted by those trade-down offers to take perhaps the second or third best player in the entire draft. And Jeff Okuda, we know that the Cardinals love him. He's in, we would presume he's in their top tier. Is it likely that he's going to be there? Maybe, maybe not. I didn't think Josh Rosen would fall to pick 10 a couple years back. And so I don't think there's significant momentum for him to fall to pick eight, but goodness, if he does... There, there would have to be a just that the biggest package you could imagine for me to want to move down. That's the right decision, Blake. And speaking of moving down, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're, they're in full rebuild mode. And they're offering or accepting a trade-down offer from a team that's not rebuilding. Very much the opposite. Uh, we got a trade-down. That being, trade alert, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are coming up. Woo. From pick 14 to pick 9, Bruce Arians, Jason Light, formerly of the Arizona Cardinals, now running the show with Tom Brady in the fold. They want to secure that blindside protection. They are giving up a third-round pick this year, that being pick 76. And, Blake, they're giving up a second next year to come up and take a left tackle, wow. a true left tackle. Andrew Thomas, positional flexibility, can play left or right tackle. The ultimate chess piece on the offensive line, incredibly steady, polished, may not have the highest upside, but somebody who is a plug-and-play player for Bruce Arians and Tom Brady in this offense. I love the move. I love the aggressiveness by Arians and company giving up premium draft capital, Blake, 
to a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are, again, they're going to be in, in discussions for the number one overall pick next year. They want to be in a position to jump up and get somebody like Trevor Lawrence. Building capital like this will not hurt that their chances. Um, but now we're seeing, as we, we're slipping out of the top ten, tackles are going quickly, Blake. Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle, Georgia. Measuring in at six foot five and 315 pounds, Thomas is a well-built blocker who's basically going to be adequate enough for the NFL, but is a great run blocker. He's got issues with balance, but ultimately is probably the best protector in the draft. Sometimes he can overextend his feet, but he's a stout anchor with big punch and solid footwork. He had 41 starts in the SEC with time at left and right tackle. And while he may not have the upside of Wills, Wirfs, or Becton, he's much likely to be a safer option. Projecting as an NFL starting tackle with issues that are fixable in the short and long term. NFL comp, Falcons tackle Jake Matthews. Yeah, that's right. Tackles are going quickly. Uh, speaking of tackles, there's a team that has been looking for a tackle. And they've got the fourth remaining offensive tackle is on the board for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, so they could just go ahead and uh, take oh, – uh-oh, hold on. We More have trades. another trade alert. This is one that's been speculated about. We know that the Atlanta Falcons have been looking to move up for a defensive player. It's not been sure who it is. Some have said that it's Javon Kinlaw. Some have talked about other players. I think that the Browns in this situation are looking for picks. I think that they'll jump back. And we know that they love uh, another player we'll talk about when we get to that pick, who's maybe not quite in the first tier of tackles for most teams, but he is, would be for the Browns. Uh, I have the Falcons jumping up, addressing their defense, not with Javon Kinlaw, but rather taking cornerback C.J. Anderson, Ooh. who's risen up drastically over a lot of boards in the past few weeks. C.J. Henderson, cornerback, Florida. Henderson is a top-tier athlete, running a 4-3-9 40-yard dash, and having an explosive 37-inch vertical jump. He's lean, and a lot of questions have come about his tackling. He needs to improve drastically in that area. But he's athletic, he's long, and he's got a tough mindset. He took on the number one corner every single week in Florida scheme, and in the SEC, that's saying a lot. He's one of the best press man corners and overall coverage guys in the 2020 draft. His NFL comparison... Antonio Cromartie. He is a quick riser. Some think he's got momentum to enter the top 10. That's great value for a Falcons defense that, goodness, you know needs help on the back end. And, you know, if you're sitting at home thinking about when is the run on receivers going to start? Well, it starts right here with pick number 11 and the New York Jets. They have a plethora of options to go with, but they go with our favorite, our boy. We're going to see him in the AFC. Thankfully, he's not going to San Francisco. CeeDee Lamb is the 11th overall selection to the New York Jets. The Jets are decimated at receiver. They lost Robbie Anderson to Carolina in free agency. Really have no receivers of, of notable name. And so now Sam Darnold gets his number one option in the passing game. Incredible, Incredibly physical after the catch. The ultimate X receiver. Somebody who I think will still be in consideration for the 8th overall selection. If the Cardinals look to move down... Lamb's on the board. I think he becomes that much more likely. They didn't. They stood pat. The Jets are the benefactor, Blake, and they take CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb, wide receiver, Oklahoma. Weighing in at 6'1 and 196 pounds, the former Sooner came off of a great 1,300-yard season with 14 touchdowns. 
a long, tall target who's probably maxed out with his frame, has incredible hands and incredible body control. He's not really the speediest guy, and he was schemed open a lot in that Oklahoma offense under Lincoln Riley. He had a lot of free releases on tape, but still, averaged about 19.0 yards per reception and has an incredible 32 touchdowns in his collegiate career. As an ex-receiver, he was one of the best yards after catch receivers in the country. He projects like a wide receiver one at the next level. NFL comp, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, this is an interesting spot because the Jets have no second round pick. They do have two thirds. They could potentially look to trade back. They could take a tackle. The fact that they signed a lot of uh, offensive tackles who I wasn't too impressed with overall, to be quite honest, but they didn't sign a number one wide receiver. I think that this could be where the um, run on wide receivers indeed starts. We're now at pick 12 with the Oakland Raiders, and we were tempted here, John, to actually go quarterback at this spot. Well, you know, you know, Blake, it's it is is it too early for Jordan Love? I don't I don't think so. And I, I think it, I don't know if it is when it's talking about a quarterback, but Daniel I'm Jones just last not as year. High on Jordan. Yeah, yeah, I'm just not as high on Jordan Love as some of the others are, and also there's a the fact that if you're looking at John Gruden, you're looking at um, their uh, GM, they have in Mike Mayock. They have a value on players who are going to be not just like football guys, but they value smart players. A lot of the times, if you look at last year, they drafted like so many guys who played in that Clemson team, who were on that championship team, uh, with included guys like Hunter Bryant, even Clellan Farrell. I think that they would go for another guy who played in one of those games. I've got them taking wide receiver Jerry Judy. I think that he's got a chance to be maybe the best wide receiver in this draft. I, I think he's maybe more of a slot guy, similar to a Stephon Diggs could be a fantastic route runner, a quarterback's best friend with how they separate. Still don't think he's got the same upside as Lamb, but I think that he would be a great pick for the Jets here. And with a couple of other teams making some jumps, I think that they could stay pat. Uh, or sorry, for the Raiders, I should say. I think that the Raiders could stay pat here versus looking to trade back. They've got another pick coming up at 19 as well, John. Jerry Judy, wide receiver, Alabama. If you want to talk about social distancing, well, Jerry Judy is your guy. Using elite route running and separation with his quickness of feet, Judy proved to be one of the best wide receivers despite being on a team with multiple first round picks at the position. This last year he had 77 catches for 1100 yards and 10 touchdowns as a first team All-American. While the questions about him making catches in traffic or being able to have a problem with drops he looks like he's going to be a guy who, despite lacking ideal body size or play strength, he's going to be able to uncover and get open, making him a quarterback's best friend. While he might not look like your typical wide receiver one, he's going to be in the league for a long time. NFL comparison, Amari Cooper. Absolutely, and they can cross their fingers, hope they get Jordan Love or another quarterback at that point, or they can settle back with Derek Carr and um, Marcus Mariota this year and continue to rebuild that roster that right now is bottom tier in the NFL. That's a good value pick for them. I just don't know if they're going to go the Alabama receiver route again after what happened with Amir Cooper, but after CeeDee Lamb goes off the board, the next two best receivers are from that university. Moving down, could we see Henry Ruggs come off the board here at pick 13 for the San Francisco 49ers? I'm opting no because of the value of somebody like Derek Brown, who we don't personally love, but at pick 13, you can't argue it. And when you talk about the departure 
of DeForest Buckner. They, of course, traded him to the Indianapolis Colts for pick 13. Now they replace him with Derrick Brown. Not as high of a ceiling, but you talk about five years of cheap labor, Blake. Kyle Shanahan, he does not like to go offensive players or, excuse, excuse me, skill players in the first round. I think this is going to be a meat and potatoes first round for them. They've got two first round picks. They go with Derrick Brown at pick 13. Derrick Brown, defensive lineman, Auburn. Brown is one of the top defensive linemen in the 2020 NFL Draft. He's explosively strong, and he can fit multiple positions across the defensive line. However, he's been questioned as far as if he's more than just a run blocker, as he ended up with 13 sacks over his four years as a starter. A very mature man for his age, he can shed blockers and make tackles with ease. However, questions remain about his athletic upside, and at 6'4", 320 pounds, it'll be fascinating to see if he can be a double-digit sack guy. Most likely, he will probably end up being a guy who will take a few years and either will develop as an interior pass rusher like Chris Jones, or will end up being a guy who stays limited to being more of one of those run guys who can blow up plays at the glance. Due to those questions, that's where we'll have him. NFL comparison, Jordan Phillips. NFL comparison, Linval Joseph. Yeah, I think that this the the best case scenario is you could look at another player the caliber of Eric Armstead. While he uh, Brown is not as athletic as Armstead was, he's got a similar frame and build. This would be essentially like you said, retooling and reloading. Brown can play multiple positions on the defensive line. You add a strength to a strength. I, personally, if it was me making at least some of the pick, I think that they could go rugs here easily just because of getting that deep threat. They need another wide receiver. That would be a fantastic offense and to be able to see all of that speed be added. But when you're talking about the team trying to get back to a championship run, there's not going to be a player of Derek Brown's caliber later in the draft. And we've we've seen with a guy like Adebo Samuel some quality play at the receiver position in San Fran. So here we've got the Jacksonville Jaguars after their trade back, and I've got them taking Javon Kinlaw here. They could use a defensive player. I think it's still a little early for the next ranked linebacker. I think that he's the guy who they could key in on to, uh, with Derek Brown going one pick before them, a lot of Jaguars fans think that he may be the guy that they're targeting should they stay at nine. I think that they get the next best thing and maybe even a better thing in Kinlaw, who's got probably a little bit more explosiveness in terms of the Uh, ability to kind of get upfield to the quarterback, but I I will say that it wouldn't shock me if he ends up falling because there is an injury history here, John, and there's some reports he maybe didn't interview as well at the Combine. Still, it seems like after this, there's a huge drop-off in defensive line talent, and that has me convinced that he's probably not falling out of the top 16. Javon Kinlaw, defensive lineman, South Carolina. Kinlaw is an explosive first-step guy with power in his arms. He's 6'5 at 324 and has the ability to get tackles for loss and rack them up. He's a first-team All-SAC player, and his biggest problem is that he's inconsistent. There are games where he dominates and games where he flat-out gets dominated. His length and power and ability to split the gap makes him potentially a better pass rusher on the defensive line than even Derek Brown. But the downside of that is for every comparison to Chris Jones, there's a comparison to another NFL draft bus. It's going to take a very interested team to know if he's just going to pass the eye test or if he can play at the next level as well. Still, he's got high upside as an NFL starter. NFL comparison, Jonathan Allen. 
Yeah, that, that vaunted front seven of Jacksonville that we saw go in the, to an AFC championship game and almost beat New England en route to a Super Bowl is completely de- decimated. They shipped off Calais Campbell. They're rebuilding from scratch. Kinlaw would go a long way in that rebuild effort, especially when you consider I think he's got a higher upside than Derek Brown. He's certainly not as safe, but in terms of a pure pass rusher, I think he's got eight to ten sacks at peak form. Uh, So good value pick for the Jaguars who continue to address additional draft capital, not only this year but next year. And then it leaves the Denver Broncos at pick 15. I think the Broncos could be one of the more aggressive teams in attempting to move up. They could not find a trade partner. We're able to stand pat, still get their man. Of course, we're talking about Henry Ruggs to go with their young quarterback. Ruggs and the Broncos have been rumored to be appearing throughout the duration of this offseason. They know they want to pair an uh, outside speed receiver with um, Pro Bowl receiver Courtley Sutton. And so they're able to do that. And that Bronco team right now on paper looks like a playoff team with the addition of Ruggs, Blake. Henry Ruggs III, wide receiver, Alabama. A track star coming out of high school, Ruggs went to Alabama and put up an incredibly productive career, catching only 98 balls, but still scoring 24 touchdowns. Wow. The dude also ran a 4-2-7 40-yard dash at the NFL Draft and is more than just a straight-line speed guy. He makes catches all over the place, can run any route, and even average 21 yards per kick return. He's a tenacious competitor and is a guy who at the next level will probably end up being able to take over as the number one or number two wide receiver in an offense with that twitchy speed and great hands. NFL comparison, Will Fuller. Yes, the Broncos, their defense can at least hold up after trading away. Um, I believe it was uh, – actually, no, I don't know if they traded away yet, but there's a lot of rumors that, about with Chris Harris Jr. Yeah. at least, and I believe he's now with the Chargers unless I'm mistaken. So there was an in-division trade. While there is some need at corner, uh, I know they did at least get A.J. Bouye from the Jacksonville Jaguars, so they've addressed that need, the need that they haven't had, which Cortland Sutton's turned out to be kind of that A.J. Brown sneaky second-round wide receiver who ends up – outperforming a couple other first rounders he's looked like a stud and adding a stud like Henry Ruggs with Drew Locke's big arm you got to see a lot of plays that were made I believe it was a must I'm mistaken Emmanuel Hall one of those guys who was a deep threat for him at Mizzou had a whole lot of production a whole lot of touchdowns Um, this is almost the same type of player only on steroids with Henry Ruggs he's a player who a lot of people have wanted for the Cardinals with that speed I think that he fits Cliff Kingsbury very well in terms of uh, a lot of like whether the RPO or the short pass game, being able to break some uh, like one tackle or make a man miss and go. He's good deep, but he's not a Hollywood Brown type of deep level receiver. Like as weird it is when I watch tape, um, I was almost kind of looking at the speed where when he got open and was separated, he was great because you know the ball was just going to be there. It's two attack of Iloa throwing it to you. But it wasn't like it was like an elite deep threat like a Tyreek Hill was. So I don't think that he's exactly in the same tier, but that speed is going to be so attractive to NFL teams. And it's not like he's, you know, dropping deep balls left and right or something. At worst, he's a Ted Ginn Jr. At best, you know, you're talking about a unique player that we haven't had in the league um, as close to Tyreek as possible. Uh, we've got uh, a great opportunity, I think, in Arizona to figure out if they're going to take a speed receiver in a later round um, or if they're going to trust Andy Isabella going into year two. That will be something interesting to see. 
Uh, and we have our final pick of the first part of the mock draft. Again, we'll have the next part out tomorrow. That'll give a little bit of time for some more of those uh, recordings of those breakdowns that you guys are hopefully enjoying. We've got the Cleveland Browns after their trade back with the Atlanta Falcons, picking at 16th. And we have Ezra Cleveland, offensive tackle. Wow. A lot of people, I would have this on their board as maybe a bit of a reach, but they've loved him. We also know the Cardinals actually do like him more than a lot of teams. He just has a lot of the qualities, whether it's in pass protection um, or some nastiness and played through injury this year. So if you're watching that 2019 film of him, be uh, be aware that he essentially decided to um, stick with his brother's playthrough, started every single game, and uh, you got to give props to the guy for that. Uh, the number of Cleveland jerseys that would be sold would probably break the <laughs> offensive lineman jersey records yes. across yes. the NFL. It would be fantastic, and I hope it happens. It's uh, it's it would be a little close to my heart since that was when the Cardinals drafted Byron Murphy. I now no longer had to you know pay the extra twenty to thirty dollars for a personalized jersey. This would be awesome for Cleveland fans, and while it might be a little bit as much of a reach, hey John. If it's your guy, it's your guy, ultimately. Ezra Cleveland, tackle, Boise State. A three-year starter in the Mountain West Conference, Cleveland is an excellent athlete who's not really the strongest guy, but has great mirroring skills and is very loose. He also is a tough, tenacious player and played through an injury this entire season without missing a game. He missed one start in the last three seasons, and while he isn't really the most powerful guy, he stays very balanced, using that athleticism to excellent form. He looks like he's going to be an NFL starter. However, there's questions about his ability to dominate in the run game, making people wonder if he may be an excellent left tackle prospect who doesn't have the ability to be a true mauler like some of the other guys in this draft. NFL comparison, Eric Fisher. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? You talk about the value for them being able to trade down with, uh, I believe, was it the Atlanta Falcons? And so they're loading up on pass protection for Baker Mayfield, of course. You know, they added Jack Conklin to play right tackle. I would assume Ezra Cleveland is going to play left tackle in Cleveland if he could uh, kick inside year one. We don't know. We don't know with this uh, certain offseason if, if guys are going to be able to acclimate up front. And, and who knows, that may give the Cardinals reason to pause on an addition up front of the offensive line. But I can tell you a team that for right now is looking to revamp their secondary after losing a key piece is the Dallas Cowboys. They, of course, yep. lost. Oh, and that will be our yes, teaser for tomorrow's show. That's, yes, yep. I'm teasing it now. <laughs> what, what pick will they go with to address that secondary? You'll have to wait and see. Absolutely. There's so many possibilities that could be. Thanks again for tuning in here. Uh, maybe it seems like a little bit of a shorter show, at least for the most part. Um, we're, uh, again, um, happy to kind of provide some of those draft breakdowns that are in between. Um, uh, normally, we'd probably put this entire uh, mock into one podcast. That stretch out will give a little bit extra time just for the recording. Happy to bring that to you guys. In the meantime, if you want to follow our Twitter account at ROTBpod, you can also follow us on Twitter. We'll have plenty of draft stuff going on. Uh, I know we got a couple of people who've been reached out to us to kind of give some breakdown. We'll have some material up that night as well, breaking down the picks. So uh, we're looking forward to that. Hopefully you guys are as well. John, uh, for any other draft questions in the in-between, where can our listeners find you at on Twitter? Yeah, I'm at Johnny Touchdown on Twitter. And then, of course, here on the ROTV podcast and uh, written work on Revenge of the Birds. Dot com. We've got content coming out the ears this week, multiple podcasts, multiple articles. Uh, I'm going to be doing a live stream later this week. We're going to be on Twitter interacting all week. Blake is doing a phenomenal job getting this edited up and running. It's taken a while because there's so much good content coming into this. Blake, where can they find your work? 
Uh, it'll be on at Revenge of the Birds, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at BlakeMurphy7. Just finalizing up my QB project. That'll be out either Monday or Tuesday. Uh, optimistically, I'll be able to uh, get that out for you guys sometime around Monday afternoon. But more realistically, it'll probably be Tuesday morning. You can look for that. Uh, the stats breakdown for all the quarterbacks. Having to do it for eight guys this year, John. Normally there's only about four Ooh. or five quarterbacks, but there's a lot of guys who declared this year. And uh, we're looking in the mid-round since a lot of those guys, like the Jake Fromm, the Jacob Eason's, the Jalen Hurts, are all hovering around that round too. And after Gardner Minshew's success, you sometimes got to look at one of those guys you might have missed. We'll also be covering Anthony Gordon as well with all of that. We'll see what happens with him this year. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you guys for part two of the Mock Draft tomorrow. Tomorrow.